Hello, my name is Taylor Clement, and I am the head of school at Kirk Day School. And I'm Maria Massey. I'm the school counselor at Kirk Day School. It starts with Thanksgiving football, turkey, and Black Friday. We end with Christmas decorations, and then ultimately the doldrums of colder weather and not much excitement in returning to school. So what do we do as families with this season as parents, and how do we enter into a more impactful time for our children's lives? We've discussed Thanksgiving. We've discussed uh, last week with uh, more of a focus on Advent. This week, Maria, you and I are talking about that kind of sweet spot between Christmas getting out on the school side and the actual um, season before Christmas, uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, when we kind of have more of a routine or maybe tradition. So it's, it's a different spot to be in, but kind of for at least from our last episode, what would you really say we need to take as we as we go from the school side where we are right now into more of this sweet spot between school being out and Christmas. Sure, I, uh, you know, this year it is a little bit shorter than uh, in previous years, so I think it's still a really great time for us to remember that we we are in the Advent season. So even though we are definitely more gearing up for Christmas and maybe you're even starting to bake uh, and prepare and cook. For your families uh, it is still we're still in that season of Advent so we're still waiting on Christ's arrival to come and what does that mean again I mean it, yeah. as far as what does that look like for a child saying wow we've still got time I still want to open my presents I can actually <laughs> see a present under the tree it's wrapped it's got my name on it what does that mean with Advent, and we're going to talk about a lot of fun yeah. stuff today, but what does that mean as far as that being our groundwater, is that undercurrent, what does that mean? I think it means that we still need to focus on the practice of patience and the practice, the discipline of waiting, even though we can see those gifts and they're wrapped and some of us may even know what they are. It's still an opportunity where we can challenge our kids to focus on what it's like to wait what's difficult about waiting what's really good about waiting what are they looking forward to because that you know that's part of this story too is for so many you know years thousands of years the people waited on the lord and trusted the lord during that time and so taking those themes and those lessons and applying them practically to your kid's life even if it feels a little silly in the in the terms of gifts um yeah. It's still a really great practical lesson that they are experiencing in real time and can hopefully take that experience to when they, when the Lord asks them to wait for something more important than a Christmas gift. Yeah, yeah, well said. Because let's be real, and this is, this is the most painful time of year for oh, a child waiting. definitely. Uh, knowing definitely. That, that you've got gifts under the tree and if your family celebrates Santa, which we'll, we'll get to here shortly, that, man, Santa could be coming and there could be even mm-hmm. more gifts. So mm-hmm. that, that gets really exciting. But before we get into some more of the meat of what we're going to talk about, let's just talk about your own, and, and I'll share some yeah. of my own Christmas traditions. So I guess, what does Christmas look like for you now, or what did it look like for you growing up? Do you travel? Uh, who do you see? What do you have at your meal? Yeah. I am really grateful my parents never made us travel on Christmas growing up, which is really nice. And uh, my mom is 
possibly one of the largest fans of Christmas I've ever met. So um, she, I mean, she decorates her car. She goes all out. So Christmas was a pretty big deal growing up. Uh, and I would say that as I got older, it lost some of its its magic, some of its yeah. excitement. Uh, and now as an adult, we've kind of flip-flopped um, the past couple of years, just with the first part of our marriage, we traveled to see family. And now that we have uh, Millie and another one on the way, we are not traveling, which is really nice because it's been a time for Mike and I to establish our own family traditions and our own focus. And I think something that I've noticed as I've grown older is that a lot of the attention was on gifts growing yeah. up, which is not a bad thing. That That's not an all bad thing. But the focus wasn't on Jesus and wasn't on his coming and and what that means for my life and, and for the world. So we have tried to shift the focus a little bit more for our family. And, you know, that's a slow process, I think, to change. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can be it can be difficult. So, yeah, those are some I mean, we we used to always have a big uh, meal Christmas morning and. Um, we had a Christmas party for 25 years in a row where, Whoa, yeah, where people would come um, that didn't have any place to go growing up. So, you know, those traditions have died now or have ended. But it was fun. It was Christmas was always a very sweet time with family and gifts, which was great. That's so really cool. Yeah. How so, about yours? So I grew up traveling a good bit. I, I've always lived in a distant I guess uh, a good distance from my grandparents so we would typically travel and see them and we would we would have kind of our, our family Christmas my, myself and my parents in our home before we left so maybe December 23rd December 24th we do our own thing and then uh, we'd spend Christmas and do a big Christmas meal typically with my mom's family uh, and then anything post Christmas was maybe with my dad's family so it was it was good, uh, but the problem with traveling, I think, was you don't get a lot of traditions. Sure. Uh, my wife, on the other hand, had all of her family within her hometown, and so she had a lot of traditions. And so now, having children, we we still travel, but we we feel like we are able to focus more on the traditions that we want to have, and then enjoy some of the fluidity that mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. kids will bring or make mm-hmm. make you have one of the two. But uh, we see my wife's family, my parents, and it's it ends up being a really sweet time. It's, it's the only time of the year where we get to see some of my cousins that, that even though we're grown, we're still very close and um, and have a lot of fun together. So it, it makes for a really good time. And it, and it makes, I think as an adult, what it did is, is it switched over for us to really being able to enjoy each other's company mm-hmm. a lot more. And that mm-hmm. focus was was. Ch- it changed and, and in such a healthy way. And, you know, the thing that we're, we're probably looking most forward to right now is playing face 10 after the kids go to bed. Sure. And and being able to sit around and, and eat some desserts that the kids can't see because otherwise they'd be, you know, picking at us all day. But the, the reality is it's doing that. It's it's maybe playing a Christmas movie at, at night. And uh, I really love that. But, yeah, what, what other traditions do you and Mike do outside of maybe – just the Christmas day. So mm-hmm. leading up to Christmas, do you mm-hmm. go and cut your own Christmas mm-hmm. tree? Do you do mm-hmm. anything that that you find, hey, this is this really makes it memorable? Or is there something that you do just yourself? Yeah, we typically cut our own Christmas tree down uh, out of really. Yeah. Okay, so I asked that without Mil- knowing. Yeah, Millstep Farms, which is part of 
um, oh my gosh, I can't think of that farm name, but Milstadt Farm, where you go get the pumpkins. Eckerts, there we go. They have a Christmas tree cutting down that starts after Thanksgiving. And so that was what we did the first year that we were married. Uh, we went out and cut down a Christmas tree. and So you pay to do the work. Wow. We, well, okay, so my <laughs> husband being the, the practical man that he is, you know, they give you like the <laughs> rusted saws. He brings his own electric saw, and it's down in no time while everybody else is out there laboring. So the labor isn't as intense as you might think. Yeah. So, yeah, we bring that back, and then my mom had given us Christmas ornaments for every year of our life. And so we decorate the tree, and it's been, you know, the first year we were married, it was basically just Maria's life on a Christmas tree. Of course. And as we have have now been married for four years, we've started to gather some of our own, and now we've got, you know, ones for Millie, and um, we'll have ones for, for our baby boy. So though that to me is really fun and we always watch kind of one night leading up to Christmas a Christmas movie and you know whether that be it's a wonderful life or the Christmas story or something like that so those have been really sweet fun memories that we've started to build as a family Mm -hmm. and then we've always no matter where we've been and we haven't been in St. Louis until last year have made it a priority to go to church wherever we are and sometimes that has been a little bit of a challenge but that has always been something that we've said no matter what that evening even if we're with family that doesn't go to church we're gonna go yeah yeah so oh wow that's that's really cool we um, we typically will watch a Christmas movie every night we definitely have the fake tree yeah um, my, my allergies would, would not put up with the real tree the year we tried it um, and it's it's fun, but one of the things that, that we did, because we didn't really come to a marriage with a lot of ornaments, we've had to, to shed a lot of really bad ornaments, yeah. you know, that you might get oh, for free sure. or you buy something at Christmas time and it comes with one. It's amazing how many we collected. But, you know, there, there is a sweetness now with allowing, you know, the kids to pick out an ornament mm-hmm. or two to put on the tree. We, we have uh, some Santas around the house that we pick one out every year, and, and for the past few years we've let our kids pick out, and and it's just fun. So there's like a pirate Santa, it's a fire truck Santa, <laughs> it's um, Hawaiian Santa, and so That's there's awesome. all these fun fun things that they get that they have to look forward to as well. But you know we, we want them to enjoy it. We want them to enjoy the the yes, even though this is a, quite a, a bad phrase, uh, we want them to enjoy that culture of Christmas Sure. Um, as far as that's concerned. But but the reality is we, we want them to have these memories and just have a special time that they can look back on and reflect on. And I think it's something you pointed out that, that our culture, it's the only time of year that our culture says, hey, it's time to stop and wait. Yeah, it is. And it's a time to stop and celebrate being with family. You know, even at Thanksgiving this past week, I was with family that I hadn't seen in probably 10 years. And nothing would have brought us together except for Thanksgiving. And so, same with Christmas. And and that's a really unique thing and a really good thing that I think our culture and our country does is say, hey, let's have, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas and this holiday season where we really celebrate being together. And not just as family, but... You know, you have office parties, and though they're not always the most fun party, 
Um, it's still a, a comment that our culture values celebrating and spending time together. Mm, yeah. More so than at any other time of the year. Well, absolutely. And it's, it's amazing, too, the ability to plan and say no as well. Mm-hmm. And so I, I know there's been a few things that have popped up on our radar, and we've had to say no. And it's not saying no because we don't want to be a part of an event. It's saying no for the sake of our family to be able to s- try and attempt to slow down despite that everything else is speeding up. Yeah. And trust me, the school calendar does not help us in the speeding yeah. up or slowing down mm-hmm. necessarily because even the, the night before our last day of school here, we have Jesus' birthday mm-hmm. party, and, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of fun things. But the reality is, is when when can we slow down, and and when do we allow our kids to slow down, uh, especially in this little sweet spot, as, as we keep referring it to. So, um, switching over to a little bit more of that serious note, what do you do with one? You're trying to, to take the hours, you're trying to pack those in, um, and you're trying to find things for your kids to do, and you don't want them sitting in front of the TV all day, and you don't want them. Uh, you know, just making Christmas cookies constantly. Mm-hmm. What are some things that, you know, parents should be thinking about, especially as we get ready to move into Christmas Eve and Christmas for our students, for these kids, be it four to, to 14? How can they be going about their day without being solely focused on presents mm-hmm. and, and getting things? Yeah. I think it, first of all, for parents, it can feel intimidating to be like, okay, how do I make this season intentional? How do I make the most out of the season? How do I point my kids to Jesus rather than to getting things? And so, first of all, this I totally understand it can be an intimidating thing, especially given just how many ways we are we are bombarded in our culture with the kind of Christmas gift getting part of, of Christmas. But I think one thing that really sticks out in my mind is to remember that these conversations don't have to be an hour. They don't have to be these in-depth, long conversations. They can be short conversations in the car on your way to getting gifts. So, you know, even talking through what it what a gift is, which I think in our head we all think it's something that we get, and especially at Christmas we exchange, and so doesn't always feel like an actual gift it's like we're really just trading money right right so even having that conversation about what an actual gift is a gift is something that's freely given and ultimately you know that points to Christ's free gift of salvation and or free to us not to him and so I think even having that conversation of what is a gift and why is a gift so special you know, what makes it different than something that you earn? Because technically a gift is not something that you earn, right? Mm-hmm. So I, that could be a really interesting conversation to have. And obviously that could lead into, you know, we, even in a, no matter where you are socioeconomically in America, chances are we have more than what a lot of the world would right. would have. And so then having that conversation of, can gifts be something other than a material possession? Having, you know, noticing that that time, which is something that, that you can't get more of, you can't make more of, right? That's a huge gift, is to give someone your time. You know, even as you're saying that, um, 
somewhat reflecting on a lot of my gifts that I received as a, as a child. And I remember, you know, a really magical Christmas when Santa came as a, as a kid. And I think about as I got older and and didn't celebrate Santa the same way um, and thinking about the gifts that I received and even as an adult from friends. And I think about the, the gifts that have stood out. There's never a price tag with it. Mm-hmm. There's never, um, the, at least at least for me, and don't get me wrong, there, there's some really nice things I like. Sure. But uh, it's interesting to think about that and think about the most meaningful gifts that I've received haven't been the most expensive. They've, yeah. been, they've been time or they've been, they've been something where someone really thought about me mm-hmm. and they said, hey, this is something that we want to really contribute and I'm grateful for that. Yeah. And, you know, that could even lead into a conversation. You know, they talk about the five love languages. And one of the five love languages is gift giving. And that happens to be one of my love languages. It is not the way my husband experiences love. And so even having that conversation with your kids is what is it like mm-hmm. to give a gift? Yeah. And does I think they may even have a quiz for your children's love language. Um, but that any of the, within the five love languages, all of those are a gift, right? Your time... Uh, acts of service, words of encouragement, actual gift, and, and, and that's all a way of expressing what a gift is meant to express, which is love, care for someone else. So I think you could have that conversation with your kids and obviously in age-appropriate ways um, make it impactful for them to really be aware and more intentional when they're opening presents or when they're wrapping presents for, for others. No, that's a, that's a really good thought. Uh, why are we doing this, and what what's really behind it? So, let's let's switch gears though, as far as gifts are concerned. Let, let's talk about Santa. Yeah. Uh, for a minute, I know this is a question that a lot of parents um, will bring to me, or they'll ask my opinion on. And what I'll say for any parents, if you're listening, and there might be a child within an earshot, we're not going to you know disclose anything that you wouldn't want us to. The way that we both. Maria and I have discussed this previously. The, the way that we go about this is the f- sheer fact that families celebrate Santa differently. Mm-hmm. Some choose not to celebrate him at all. Others want to go in with full gusto. And so as we get to this, Maria, what what's something that you would say, at least from your side of the table, how did you grow up? Was Santa a part of your childhood? And then how do you kind of see it now as you've as you have gotten to be older and now you have a child? Yeah. Yeah, Santa was a big deal. My mom has every type of Santa I think you could ever imagine in her uh, Christmas decorations. And Santa always came Christmas morning, and he never wrapped gifts. So um, any presents from my parents came Christmas Eve. We unwrapped and then unwrapped Christmas, you know, from Santa on Christmas morning. And... I remember as I transitioned out of childhood and more into adolescence and even into college, there was kind of that sense of, of more the reality of Christmas coming. And so that was, that was hard, I think, for me, you know, when I, when I was first kind of coming in and out of that, and especially becoming a Christian and, and, and trying to weigh, okay, Christmas is about Jesus's birth, but Santa is really what gets talked about a lot yeah. and gets celebrated more so. 
Well, that's and, because he drinks Coke. Well, Let's be yeah, real. exactly. Yeah. Right, and he's got a big white beard, and you know, yeah. uh, he's not he's not intimidating. Coke he doesn't corner, ask much of you, right? Coke cornered the market. I, I had a, I had an old uh, the, the old claymation Rudolph. We had the VHS tape from when we recorded it uh, one year, and I remember uh, there was a, a commercial with Santa and the Seven Up Elves, and yet. You know, uh, there thereafter, yeah. Santa probably lost his luster with a lot of families. Yeah, um, and until, I mean, who can't owned him. Yeah. who can't like a jolly, good fellow that that you know comes down your chimney, and gives you gifts, right? That's, That's right. I mean, what kid isn't going to love that and want to celebrate that and want to be excited about that? Well, as long as they're over the age of three, because yeah. otherwise they just scream in his arms. But exactly, you know, it's funny you say that. My family is the same way. On Christmas Eve, we'd open our family gifts, and then Christmas morning it was Santa, and and he did not wrap presents. Um, you know, I still get gifts from Santa yeah. to to this day, which I think is is both both fun and and somewhat embarrassing. But that's neither here nor there. But the the reality is. It is a good question to ask. Mm-hmm. Does he pull away from the true meaning of Christmas, mm-hmm. or does he enhance it? Mm-hmm. And and that's something that, that I've wrestled with, my wife and I both have, as far as our children are concerned. Mm-hmm. How much do we want to celebrate him? Because mm-hmm. he was a really big deal at my house. Yes, He was definitely. not a big deal at my wife's house. Yeah, She just, that just wasn't part of it. My, my wife just didn't have that experience. She didn't have it. So looking at it, just kind of with, with that lens, what would you say to families who don't celebrate Christmas, or at least don't celebrate Santa in their celebration of Christmas, or families that do? Um, how would you go about those two dichotomies? Sure. I don't think there's a right or a wrong way to do it, right? I don't think, you know, if you celebrate Santa that you're worshiping a, a pagan a pagan god or what, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not in that camp. I'm also, though, you know, know that Christmas is about Jesus. It is about the fact that God came to his people in the flesh. And that is something that no other God, no other um, higher being has ever done. And so I don't want to miss that. And I don't want my kids to miss the importance of that. And Mm -hmm. so I think the question you have to ask yourself is, Where's our emphasis? What can we take from Santa and from those themes of Santa that are really good and that are that are that point us to Christ, right? Giving a gift to a kid is a that's a pretty great thing. Like there's, you know, I I'm, I can't make a lot of of bad out of that. So I think it's important that we ask ourselves where is our focus? Uh, what what is our intention? in or how can we be intentional in this conversation between Jesus and Santa it doesn't have to be all or nothing it can be somewhere in the middle where you celebrate Santa and connect him to 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 Jesus if you want I mean you can you can do that so what you're saying is don't ask the question is this secular or is this spiritual it's it's both it's both and and anytime we try and separate those two it gets really difficult and right. it makes it hard and confusing for our kids to, it, it puts them into this kind of dualistic thinking of good and bad. And if we're honest with ourselves, there's good and bad in most everything, right? Right. right. And ultimately, even, even the things that we as humans have created, like Santa Claus, we, there can still be things that we pull from Santa Claus that point us to Christ. Right. We don't have to go to this one side or the other. 
there can be a middle. Now that being said, and we're not quite at the point, you know, with Millie where we have to have this conversation, um, but important to, to talk through, you know, how do we, when she's 30 years old, what do we want her memories of Christmas to be? And, and I think that's a question that we can ask ourselves. And if, the, if part of that is celebrating Santa and her experiencing that, that magic and that wonder, I'm, I'm comfortable with that because I know that ultimately um, that won't be the only thing that she remembers about Christmas. You know, I hope that she remembers the, the tradition of going to church and of reading through the Gospel of Luke or reading through, you know, um, any of the Psalms or the prophets that, that talk about Christ coming before, they, before he came. So one of the things that Katie and I have tried to do, where Santa was the big gift giver for mm-hmm. me growing up, is we've really tried to change that mm-hmm. and let let mom and dad be the bigger gift givers yeah. and let, sure. let Santa, and that's just kind of the role that we, we formed with him, is to allow him to give some of the smaller um, gifts. And as my son likes to tell him where to get it, either at the mall or Target, <laughs> which I, I find humorous. But uh, the reality is... I think at least what we've learned is, is where to put the emphasis. Mm-hmm. And we want to do that, and we want to do that fully on Jesus. The reality is, and I, and I hate saying this, Jesus is boring compared to Santa. Oh, yeah. Right? Jesus yeah. doesn't bring the magic, doesn't bring the wonder, and, and frankly doesn't bring the gifts that our kids want to see. And so I know that there is a strong uh, delineation there of mm-hmm. saying, well, if you're, if you're saying that Christmas is about Christ— you're pulling straight away from that message. So how then do we make sure yeah. that we're, we're, we don't have to keep Christ interesting? It doesn't have to be on the forefront mm-hmm. because ultimately Christ is our interest. So where then do we take our children as we go, uh, go down that path to worship, to, to making sure that mm-hmm. there's not just that wonder? And a big part of me in, in wrestling with those questions says you, you plant the seed, mm-hmm. You till mm-hmm. the ground, and you let it happen. Mm-hmm. You let it ferment, mm-hmm. and that's that's at least where where I go, and that's at least the the path I'm going mm-hmm. on. Yeah, we're gonna have some Santa mm-hmm. in my house. We're definitely gonna have Jesus at our house. No questions asked. We're, we we have the little people nativity, and we have we have different little sets and things for our kids to understand and experience. But as we push on. My goal isn't that we have these incredible, deeply spiritual moments with my four and two year old, mm-hmm. or even a, an eight and six year old. Our goal is really going to be t- that we push that Christian and Christmas message throughout our children's lives each and every year, so that as they get older, there is an unfolding, there is a realization that that fermentation that mm-hmm. we're, we're hoping planning now comes to where they then can celebrate it with a much deeper spiritual meaning. And have a season of, of longing for Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And I think as parents, we have to have and remember the expectation that our four-year-old or even our eight-year-old or 12-year-old may not be at a place where they understand the weight of what Christmas means. Right. And that's okay. That's a process. Even, you know, and I didn't become a Christian until I was 18, and it it took a number of years before I really realized what Christmas meant, where I really saw the whole story from creation right. 
through, you know, Jesus' death on the cross and even, you know, his resurrection, where I saw how all of that plays and comes together at, at Christmas and at Easter, of course, as well. So it is a process. And I, at that point, was 18, you know, logically could be aware of what Christmas, of the difference between what culture says and, and, and maybe what, you know, church says about Christmas or, or our um, faith says about Christmas. It still took me years to get there. Right. So I would say for parents, be patient with your kids and know that whatever tradition it may be, that um, that those are seeds that are being planted. So like during the Christmas season, and we kind of talked about this, one of the things that I'll do when I put Millie down is, is sing a Christmas song to her. And, um, and I don't do that the rest of the year, but that's a, that's a seed being planted. Right. And, and even just taking the time to think through those lyrics with your kids, you know, if whatever Christmas song it may be, those are some beautiful, powerful, powerful lyrics about the, what came, what happened when Christ was born. And so I think we have to remember that it is a process. Right. It's not something that's going to happen overnight. So I, I do the same when I put Anderson down at night. I'll, I'll sing a, I'll let him choose during Christmas a fun Christmas song. So last night was Rudolph. But then what we, but we also choose a, a Christ-centered, a Jesus Christmas song. And so we sing A Little Town of Bethlehem. And even if it's just the first verse, Mm-hmm. The the covering of of those lyrics, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight, and and you, the hopes and fears and of all the years, that did not mean anything no. to me, yeah. really until I was probably twenty three and I was at the Ryman Auditorium at the Andrew Peterson Christmas concert, and I said that last episode mm-hmm. that that is a phenomenal album mm-hmm. to listen to, but the reality is he does walk you through and understanding what it's like. For the children of Israel to be exiled and, and leaving Egypt, and in fact they're taking Joseph's bones and that heritage mm-hmm. with them, they leave Egypt to go to the desert, that they go through their kings, they go through their, their judges, they go through these, these prophets, and they're a wandering people, and Christ is answering that prayer. Mm-hmm. I've known these stories, mm-hmm. I've known scripture my entire life, but here I am, a college graduate, I'm in the middle of grad school, I'm a married man, and yet it finally hit. And it hit in a very different way than I expected it. And even even now, there, there's still Christmas seasons that I'll go through, and I'm not going to be deeply spiritual. There's not this moment mm-hmm. for me. But the reality is it's, it's, it's nice to have a time where, where we're entering in to a season that says, you know what, this is a little bit bigger than you. Yeah. It's a little bit bigger than your family. And I think gift giving is a great way to help children recognize that early on. But then they really are able to recognize it later in life. Definitely. Instead of it just being birthday part two. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things uh, that kids, especially if you have younger kids, are so drawn in by stories. And that's so much of how they learn, how they process, and how they connect things is through stories. Yeah. And this is a pretty incredible story. Right. Right? It, I mean, you know, you, you, if you really take some time to pull out 
the story of Christ and, and what it means that, that God would send his only son to us, that can be a great way to have a conversation with your kids is to, is to make it a story, whether that be through the Jesus Storybook Bible, whether that be through Charlie Brown Christmas, whatever it may be really focusing on the story of Christmas, the narrative of Christmas, can be a way to, to connect with even the smaller ones because that's what's so helpful for them, even in their processing and their understanding, right, right. is learning through stories. And so this is a great time to do that. So let's switch to something a little more lighthearted. You, you mentioned a Charlie Brown Christmas. What are a few of your, your movies that you're going to, Make sure that you watch. Give me, give me three or four, because you mentioned you watch a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, Chevy Chase Christmas Vacation is one of my favorites. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. um, without fail. Without fail. Yes. When the I TV was, version, families uh, is much better to yes, have on if your kids walk yes, in. Yes, definitely. Um, the other one that that comes to mind, and this used to be a tradition of mine from high school through, gosh, I guess grad school is uh, I'll Be Home for Christmas with Jonathan Taylor Thomas, which kind of... Hello, 1990s. I, yeah, well, I was a huge NSYNC fan growing up because that was, that was my era. And so they did the album for that movie. So as soon as I was done with finals every year, I would watch that movie by myself. Um, and I think last year was probably the first year, which is a little embarrassing, that I didn't watch it because I had a three-month or four-month-old. Oh, so, yeah. um, so that's one. Um, a Chris or uh, a Christmas story is always that's more of a family tradition. Yeah. We used to yeah Same. watch that. Um, the other one that I've really liked recently has been the I think it's called the Family Stone. It's a little bit more sad, but that that is one of my favorites. It's about a mom, I believe, a mom Diane who's Keaton dying of and cancer. Craig Nelson, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Sarah yeah. Jessica Parker. Yeah, so that one's been fun for Christmases. I just I can kind of relate um, to Ben Spahn and Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, and then it's a Wonderful Life is always is always a classic that yeah. I can't turn off. So yeah, That's those a, are some of, some of my favorites. Oh man. Yeah. So when I was uh, very young, I got. I got pneumonia at Christmas and I was, I was bedridden oh. and we lived in, in this little house my parents were building a house at the time we were in this little tiny rental house and we had one videotape and it was White Christmas and so <laughs> to this day I have memorized uh, Irving Berlin's White Christmas I know wow. the whole thing so that that one's a must watch every year for, for me Home Alone oh yeah right uh, both one and two I think two is a, a solid follow up yes, to the original yes it is three not so much yeah that, yeah you, you lose you lose a lot of that yeah. luster but uh, Home Alone one and two I, I love uh, how the Grinch stole Christmas and Charlie Brown I think yeah. those are those are so fun A Christmas Story is another one that that I watch without fail yeah and so you know there there there's a, there's also the the newer ones that that are that are fun yeah. and and everything I think Elf is is, is the instant best. classic yeah right um, even though that's that's going now on almost twenty years old oh, which is yeah. hard hard to wow. believe but uh, but you know those those are really fun um, for for us the one thing I will say that I do every year that I just adore doing and I don't know why but my, my introvert comes out and that is I, I read alone uh, a Christmas Carol mm. the original. Mm. By, by Charles Dickens, and then I'll usually watch uh, a, a version of it yeah. thereafter. And I've seen just about every version of A Christmas Carol, even the 1930s one. 
but uh, that that is kind of my own thing and I always finish it on Christmas Eve but I, I love some of the language I love some of the, the descriptors and even though it's a secular book there's a it's it's one of those secular books that that points right back to the spirituality of the holiday, mm-hmm. that it that it reminds us of of what else is going on and that this is a season, and and to to look at it as this is the time when we need to really reflect on others just as much as we want to reflect on ourselves. Definitely. And so I, I enjoy that yeah. along with a myriad of other things, but that's probably the yeah. one thing that that yeah. I'll typically do. You know, one thing that. Mike and I have started doing during this time, though it kind of gets into the new year a little bit, is um, we'll take a piece of paper and just write everything that the Lord has done for us that year um, on a piece of paper. And and just to help remind us all that we have been through, whether it be good or bad or hard or sad, whatever it may be, just to stop and reflect on what this year has meant, maybe where we've grown or, or where we've what challenges we've really faced and that is really cool to look back on and see you know this year these are all the things and we just write just write a list whatever comes to mind whatever words whatever people whatever situations come to mind and just yeah time to reflect on what God has given us what God has done for us which is ultimately what we celebrate at Christmas right that Christ came down to us for us so anything like that that you can do, I mean, it starts a conversation with your kids. And again, it gives them a memory of what Christmas, you know, can look like um, and things that they'll be able to, to look back on and say, you know, that's a time where I was really able to grow or that's something that's a really cool thing that my parents did. Um, and even having that conversation, you know, kind of back to what, what we were talking about with culture and, and, and how we mix in that with the spirituality is, you know, being able for our kids to interpret culture and be part of culture and be that the the salt and the light in culture is a really important thing. And as you say that, the the questions immediately come to mind and a a really good question to be able to have with with your children at Christmas time is, is basically, what is good about mm-hmm. this let's mm-hmm. say movie what is bad about mm-hmm. this movie what does scripture say about this movie yeah. and being able to ask those three questions and so you know take taking uh, a movie like a christmas story or rudolph mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. any of the classic kind of hey we're, we're going to sit down and, and watch this together even even christmas vacation you know there's yeah. plenty of things that we could say are good and bad about yeah. that but then what does scripture say and there's a lot of nuances there but just to be able to, to intentionally think about that mm-hmm. is really is really powerful, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And, and the easy one for me would be, you know, watching a Charlie Brown Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I think my son, uh, even though he's younger, could easily walk with me in, through those three questions of asking what is good, what is bad, and what does Scripture say about yeah. this. And I think I think it it might be a worthy worthy thing, especially as we talk about in these unstructured days between the end of school mm-hmm. and Christmas and leading up to it, maybe you're finishing out that Advent calendar, what does it look like to, to be able to do an activity, maybe go to Tillis Park, mm-hmm. you know, see Santa, or go mm-hmm. to a Christmas party and be able to ask those questions. Mm-hmm. And I would say parents, part of it might be doing just a touch of research of saying, okay, what does scripture say about this? Definitely. And thinking through that lens, 
that's always extremely yeah. helpful. And I think it, at least, even if it's not a moment where your kids go, oh, well, thanks for letting us do that. There's probably going to be some begrudging natures mm-hmm. that come mm-hmm. out, of course. For sure. It, it gives them the practice of at least trying it and being able to have one more deeper thought mm-hmm. than just vegging out mm-hmm. and, and trying to maybe even numb some mm-hmm. emotions for harder parts of the year. Yeah, and like we've talked about before, any of these conversations give you an opportunity to connect with your kid. Yeah. And that is worth its weight in gold. And I would encourage parents for sure to share about what their experience of Christmas has been like and and share with their kids maybe how their view of Christmas has changed. And, and that is, again, an opportunity for your kid to say, wow, like, mom, that kind of makes sense. Or, hey, I felt that way too. And that's a, I mean, what an awesome opportunity. And what a, a, a great moment to have with your kid during this time especially, but any time, is just to, to have those conversations and give yourself the opportunity to connect. Is with it your worth kids. sharing about disappointments? I mean, that's a reality of Christmas, right? Like, it I, is. I, I vividly remember a couple of Christmases where I cried when I was a kid because I didn't get what I wanted. And I love gifts. So I will be honest in that. I love, I love gifts. And I didn't know what to do with that. I didn't know what to do with that feeling, you know? And I felt guilty and because all of, you know, I had all this other stuff, but man, that one gift that I really wanted was missing. And so who were you mad at? Probably my mom and dad. Um, you know, for, for probably more so my mom because I know that she was the one that bought the presents. Um, but I was mad at myself too and, and disappointed in myself to, that I would feel something bad like that. And so, or what I perceive to be bad. And so, yeah, I think having that, again, age appropriately is really important because disappointment, one, is part of life. And there are going to be times, you know, again, if you want to point it back to to Christ, um, to your relationship with the Lord, where you are going to feel disappointed. It doesn't mean that God has done something wrong or disappoint, you know, but... Yeah, the, I mean, there have been seasons of my life where I felt really frustrated with the Lord not giving me something that I thought I wanted or that I thought I needed. And so I think it's a fine time to have that conversation. And would you do that preemptively or would you do that post? Probably both because okay. you can't have it enough, right? <laughs> well, that's well said. Um, and I think to normalize that feeling of disappointment for your kids. Because let's say, you know, at, at seven or eight, they're disappointed about a gift. But at 25 or 30, they may be disappointed in a family member because of a missed expectation around the holidays. Right. And so, again, planting that seed of this is what we can do when we feel disappointed. It is okay to feel disappointed understand why you feel disappointed I mean it's the, the the great thing about it is that it's so it's in real time right it's not a theoretical conversation 
it's, it's happening in real time. And the thing that I have learned from working with kids is the most impact is going to be made in those real moments, not in the theoretical, preemptive. It's when it's actually happening, right? Because they're feeling it right then and there. So I would say, yeah, you have both, and then probably have a follow-up conversation as <laughs> <Yeah>. well. <laughs> so as you say that, and I'll close us out with this, is the, the lyrics to O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Uh, yeah, one of my right. favorites. Um, o Come, O Come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns a lonely exile here until the Son of God appear. And I, and I think we often forget so many, so many years, so many seasons, that, that we, being God's people, uh, were captive, we were we were lonely we were exiled and and god redeemed us from all of that mm -hmm. and that is really an amazing thing and of course it goes on to rejoice rejoice emmanuel shall come to the o israel mm -hmm. so son of god with us is, is here to celebrate and so i hope that can be true so kirk day school family uh, we hope you guys have a wonderful christmas season as you leave us we'll come out with uh, at least one more christmas and we'll next time we'll talk about how you worship through Christmas Eve and Christmas, especially with some of the other distractors that, that go on, and maybe even getting up to to being an effort to go to church, even when it feels easier just to stay at home. So we'll talk a little bit about that, and then we'll have some as far as the post-holiday uh, time as well. But other than that, Kirk Day School, we hope you guys have a wonderful week.